You are now listening to Today with Jared James. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of Today with Jared James. Um, as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, make sure that you give it a great review, five stars, subscribe, and share it with someone you think would benefit from it. Uh, thank you to all of you that have been watching up until now as well. Uh, on today's podcast, I'm actually going to go a little bit more in the direction that I've been talking about going lately, where not rant style, but just kind of talk to you guys about some stuff that are go- that's going on so you can kind of see how I think and what I believe about things and such. And what I'm going to cover today actually comes from some comments uh, that were made recently by someone that a lot of you know, especially because a lot of you are entrepreneurs, uh, Mr. Gary V, somebody I've had respect for for a while, um, just for what he's been able to do from an entrepreneurial perspective. But he made a bit of a splash this week when he declared that buying a home was a bad investment. Uh, He actually talked about how one of the things that pisses him off more than anything um, is that he put something like $400,000 down on his home and he thought it was a complete waste of money that it could have been used um, in another uh, area. And not for nothing, this is also something that, for those of you that follow that area, this is something that another industry icon, somebody who's got a lot of followers, a lot of pull, uh, Mr. Grant Cardone has been saying for a while as well, um, that he says buying a home is a bad investment. And so this week we had a lot of things come from that. We had uh, Steve Harney come out, who's the founder of KCM, Keeping Current Matters, and he had talked about how he wanted to debate him publicly, debate Gary Vee publicly on this idea. Uh, you had people like my buddy Tom Ferry come out, and he posted on, I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram or something like that, and uh, he posted some stats on homeownership and wealth and those things. Um, And I want to really get into this. I want to talk about how we actually think, right? I really want to get to the bottom of, is it true? Um, Is it true that buying a home is not a great investment, like from a numbers perspective? Uh, What we don't want to do, as I kind of dive into this, is that we don't want to buy into this polarizing, politically correct world that we live in, where we always decide first what it is that we believe based on what it is that we need to believe, um, and then find facts to justify it. You know, if you do that, you'll never get to the truth, and that really is the um, that really is the climate we live in right now. Whether it's politically, whether it's in, in issues like this, it's just how people think, right? And the problem with that is that you'll never actually get to the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you can't effectively argue or make a case for the right side, not just your side, the right side. So if I can, let's, let's take a little bit of a different approach and really look at why such smart people, and guys, let's face it, someone like Gary Vee or someone like Grant Cardone, they're not idiots. Like They don't just come up with these dumb things to try to get views. Like They're very smart people. And so let's take a little bit of a different approach and view why such smart people um, who have accomplished probably more than most everybody who's listening to my voice right now, uh, why they would come to these conclusions, okay? Uh, because obviously they believe, I mean, they don't just talk about this. This is, this is, you know, what the way that they're living their life now. I mean, I know that Grant doesn't buy places. He rents places short term. And, you know, why does he do that? So 
when Steve Harney talked about this and when, uh, you know, my buddy Tom talked about this, they, they posted stats and they talked about how the net worth of a homeowner, I think the ones Tom posted were 319200 net uh, worth of a homeowner uh, versus 6710 for a renter, which seems pretty convincing, right? Like that, that seems convincing, but there's also, you know, you got to understand where that comes from. There's been other stats out there. I mean, you can make stats say whatever you want them to say, but there's other stats out there that with differing numbers that say that the average average net worth of a homeowner is 231,400 compared to, you know, 5200 for a renter. Uh, there's other stats out there that have them even more divided. The point is, I think the overall point that we all can agree on depending on what stat you're looking at and how they pulled those stats is that the net worth of a homeowner as a whole is higher than that of a renter, okay? Now the real question is is, is that stat true? Does it make sense when you look at what somebody's actually put in? So I did a little bit of math and I figured that if someone were today going to buy a home for $300,000 at a 4.42% rate, uh, that over 30 years, that $300,000 loan was actually going to cost them $542,098. Okay? Um, their payment on that would be about $1,506 once you figured PIMI. Um, principal interest, mortgage and insurance, you're probably just around $2,000 a month, okay? Um, and so when you look at that, $2,000 a month times 12 months is $24,000. Over 30 years is $720,000. That means that in total, they're going to spend about $720,000 for a $300,000 home, okay? Now, you also have to figure that they're probably going to put about $100,000 or more, depending on that home, uh, in improvements, which means really they're just up over $800,000 or more for a $300,000 home. And what I'm trying to do with you right now is I'm trying to get you to see why someone would make that argument uh, that buying a home is not a good idea and really decide, are they right or are they wrong? Because again, if you don't know if they're actually right or wrong based on the facts, you can't actually argue for your side. You can't actually look at uh, a potential buyer, a renter, a seller looking to sell that's looking to get into another place and tell them whether they should buy or rent because you're simply giving them what you think is best for you, right? If you rented that same place for about $2,000 a month, because obviously now you wouldn't be taking on all the PIMI, um, you wouldn't be taking on home improvements, you wouldn't be taking on those things, you're going to come in if you did that for 30 years that's somewhere around $720,000, okay? So you technically are a little bit less um, with the renting than you are owning because you're not taking on um, you know, the, the money put towards the house uh, and the things that I talked about previously. Um, and that's probably where they're making that from. They're also, as a homeowner, you're making a down payment. That down payment um, is something that someone like a Gary Vee or someone like a Grant Cardone would probably consider that money that they would have liquid that they could do with other, they could do other things with, that they could make more additional money on, right? Now, if all things are equal, you're paying the exact same amount, um, what we always teach our students, and what the truth is, is that you're gonna pay a mortgage either way, it's just a matter of whose equity are you building. And that is 100% true. Whether you're paying a rent or whether you're paying a mortgage, uh, you're paying somebody's mortgage. It's just a matter of whether you're paying your own um, or whether you're paying somebody else's uh, mortgage, which means you're building their equity or you're building your own, right? And Gary and uh, uh, Gary V's and Grant Cardone's arguments, if I'm really being frank, um, they're both right and wrong. They're just coming from a rich person's perspective. And I'll explain to you exactly uh, what I mean. 
I've listened to both of them plenty. I know that they would probably make the argument, especially Gary would probably make the argument, uh, that he wouldn't want you to rent at the exact same rate you were going to own something. He would want you to rent at a lower rate. Get something cheap. Live with your parents. Do all of those kinds of things. Don't pay for home improvements. Don't have down payments. Keep that money liquid. I know that Grant would make that argument. Keep that money liquid so that you could buy a multifamily, buy something else which actually generates income, uh, generates you know, uh, positive cash flow. And, and skip the potential long-term equity that you'll potentially gain. Let's call it, in this case, 300K, right? Because we said that the average uh, homeowner has a net worth of just over 300K. We know that 90-plus uh, percent of that comes from equity that they build in their house. And they would say, instead, save that 300K, have it as liquid, and invest it for more of a return. And again, I'm telling you that that really comes from kind of a rich person perspective because they have the ability, the know-how, and they've also shown the, uh, uh, shown the ability to take that money and to turn it into other things. It's really one investment over another. Are you investing in a home? Are you investing in something else they choose to invest in? Are you investing in a tech company? Are you investing in your own business? Are you investing in, it's really just a choice of where are you investing? But let's be very honest about something, especially when it comes to home ownership and why home ownership works for most people. The average person is never going to do that. The average person is never going to take that liquid money and turn it into something more. The average person is never going to save at the rate that they would save by not having the money put down towards a house or having a cheaper rent. They're not going to do that at the rate that someone like a Gary Vee or a Grant Cardone is going to do because buying a home for so many people is like a built-in savings plan that actually protects you or protects most people against their own lack of discipline to actually save. And I'm gonna explain exactly what I mean, but that is the truth. When you do this, when you, when you buy a home, you may be able to look at the numbers if you're really honest with yourself and say, hey, I could have this liquid money I didn't put as a down payment. Uh, I could have this additional savings by not having that rent, not having money I'm putting towards improvements, having a cheaper rent, and I can take it and turn it into something more. That's very hard to argue against, okay? But buying a home and what it's really become, it really has become a built-in savings plan for people in a, in a world where they're not doing it on their own, okay? Home ownership safeguards against our modern-day consumerism that promotes lifestyle over financial freedom. I'm going to say that again. Home ownership safeguards against our modern-day consumerism that promotes lifestyle over financial freedom. Let me explain. The truth is, and I want you guys to hear me on this because I am taking an approach that is 100% what I believe and, and the facts back it up. And by the way, it's why I train and help real estate people to sell more houses because I believe in home ownership. There is no doubt about that, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is that the original idea as it was originally formed of the American dream is dead. Let's just be very clear about that. The original plan, the original idea of the American dream is 100% dead, okay? The American dream was formed in the 1950s and 60s in post-World War II with baby boomers coming up and, and um, them, you know, the government was really trying to figure out 
how to get home ownership at that point was less than 40%. They were trying to figure out how to get it higher. They were trying to get stability. They were trying to get neighborhoods. They were trying to get, like, how do we make this country into what it is uh, that we want it to be? And so they created this American dream. This was the time, by the way, when they started creating longer term loans for homes. This is when they started doing lower rate homes for loans. This is when they, this is when they started doing all this. So you've got to understand the history to understand what this really is. But let's also understand that that American dream, which back then was go to school, go to college, come out of college, you now have an advantage because you have a college degree, right? Buy a car when you get out of college because now you're successful, get married, buy a home, all of these things were part of the American dream, okay? Now, if we're going to take that into context, what we have to understand is that in 1960, okay, the median annual tuition at a private law school, not even regular school, private law school, was $475 a year. A public law school was $204 a year. Regular college was less than that. Now, for those same exact things, those same exact degrees, they are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And by the way, they're the one thing that when you go through bankruptcy, you cannot eliminate. So like the government's got you. Like no matter what you do, you have to go to college because that's the American dream. You have to get a degree because that separates you, which by the way, in today's world does not separate you at all because everybody has the degree. Everybody has their mom or dad paying for school while they go there and party. Most of the time, not learning anything that actually applies to their field and then coming out, trying to get a job, and in many cases not being able to get a job because everybody else has a college degree too, but in the meantime, they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt with absolutely zero chance of eliminating that debt even through bankruptcy. Think about that for a second. The average brand new car in those days when you came out was just under $2,000. Now, it's just under $40,000. The average home, okay, let's think about that for a second, was just over $9,000, $9,000. I think that it would be uh, a little bit different now, right? And so this idea of the American dream back then, which was go to college, not that expensive, get out, get a car, not that expensive, buy a home, get married, all of those things. When you look at today, what happens when you don't come from a position of strength and you don't understand how this world actually works and how to actually leverage it to your advantage is that you go and build up hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt that can't be eliminated even through bankruptcy, buy a car, go into more monthly debt, buy a home, go into more monthly debt, get like just more and more and more and more and now become a slave to the system for the next 30 plus years, 30, 40 years, okay? That is if you follow the American dream, what happens, okay? Now, I'm not especially from an entrepreneurial perspective a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of buying a home. I'm a huge fan of building wealth or, or, or contributing to your net worth through your home. I'm a huge fan of having a place that you call home and having stability. Uh, and having a neighborhood, and, and, and some things that finances can't tackle, things like stability for your children and the neighborhood you surround them with and the place they call home to that isn't, uh, is, it can never be stopped by the fact that the landlord decided to sell the home and because you only have a lease that's gone. Like All of those things which cannot be measured simply by the numbers in a 30-year amortized loan or, or whatever it happens to be. I am a, let me be very clear, a huge fan to the point where... I run a company that teaches and shows people um, how to sell more homes, how to run better businesses in the real estate field, okay? But 
in the end, do I agree that you shouldn't buy a house, that buying a house is a bad investment, that buying a house is, as Gary Vee and as Grant Cardone said, one of the worst things you can do? Of course not. But let's be clear about some things. If you want to have any kind of merit with your clients or any kind of merit when you're talking to, the, to some people, the actual answer is sometimes it is true. Sometimes, okay? I'll tell you what I do know. As an industry, we really have to stop treating renters like they aren't good enough to be our clients. As an industry, we have to stop treating renters like they're second-class citizens and realize that for some people, renting is the better option for some people until they're in a better position to buy from a position of strength and not just buy into the American dream or trying to buy into a piece of the American pot, whatever it happens to be, for some people, renting in the short term is a great solution or a great thing that they should be doing, a great decision, before they get into a position of strength where they can buy from that position of strength. That is something that as an industry, we have got to stop treating renters like they aren't our clients or they're our second class clients or we're not helping them put a roof over their head or as if every single situation, buying is what's best for them because in some situations, buying is not what's best for them. I had a conversation with a guy recently. He had people moving into town, starting a new job. They didn't even know if they were going to stay. And they were like, should I buy? Should I rent? I'm not sure. I kind of want to check out the area. I don't know the school systems yet. I don't know anybody. This kind of got thrown on us fast. And the agent told them, you should absolutely buy. You sh- you're going to pay somebody's You're going to pay somebody's mortgage. You might as well uh, uh, build your own equity, not someone else. They basically used my line. And I went, whoa, 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 wait a second now. In that situation, they probably should rent for a year. They probably should see if this is where they're going to stay. They probably should see if this job is going to stick. They probably should because if they do that and they put the down payment down and they pay the closing costs and they do all those kinds of things and then they have to sell in eight months, they're probably going to lose money. At least that's a good chance. I mean, there's a chance the market goes up and it doesn't happen, but we have to understand that that absolutely could be. Okay, so. Let's as an industry first understand that buying and renting are important that both of them are important, that renters are just as much our clients as buyers are, okay? Now, were Gary Vee and Grant Cardone wrong? Kinda, but not necessarily, or maybe not for them individually as rich people, okay? If their priority was turning the money they would have put into a house into more of a return than they would have gotten from a house because they have it liquid, then yeah, they can probably do that. I mean, that's It's all priorities, right? If they do that, they're not going to have the stability of a neighborhood and everything that comes with home ownership. They're not going to have all of everything that home ownership offers. I haven't even talked into tax credits and everything else that come from home ownership. But it may, let's just be open to the idea, it may be the right decision for them. I'm not saying I agree with their assessment. In fact, I would probably, if I could get them in a room and talk to them, I could probably get them to agree that what they said in their head made sense for them and was correct for them, but that the way they delivered it and the way they taught was probably not right. Okay, Homeownership overall is probably good. Not probably, it is good. But you do have to understand that in some cases, from their perspective, probably maybe not for them because they have completely different priorities and that's okay, right? But by the way, even in the situation they're talking about, which wasn't right for them, they're still your clients. 
Like if you listen to me and you're in real estate, they're still your clients. They're just your clients to rent and not to purchase. Okay. Differentiator there. Okay. For most people, let's be very clear about this. For most people is buying better than renting. Absolutely. It's not even absolutely with everything that comes with it from the financial gain long-term from the built-in savings that can occur from that, from the stability it creates from the family atmosphere, from the, from the community, from the, all of the things that we can talk about. Absolutely. But more importantly, please start thinking with your heads and not your ideologies or you'll be in no better position to defend your beliefs or defend home ownership against others that don't agree with you. If you simply come from the perspective of the ideologues, anytime anybody says anything that goes against what's going to help me make a living, or this is what I have to believe, otherwise I don't make a living, you are in no position to defend those beliefs against somebody who's dealing with actual facts, who's dealing with actual numbers. Because from an actual numbers perspective, I can make that argument. But what we also know, if you're in this business, if you're in this industry, I can also make an argument on the other side from a numbers perspective, but also from a perspective that numbers don't cover. From the perspective of what home ownership creates, what home ownership means to a community, what it means to a childhood, what it means to stability, what it means to all of these different things, I can just as, just as well, if not better, make that case. But we have to understand that renters and buyers are both our clients. And so when I saw the uproar that I saw, after this, after this occurred, I kind of said, okay, I get it. I get why people are responding this way. But I also kind of took a step back and went, these are smart people. We don't do ourselves any good by automatically reacting to our ideologies and not at least understanding why they think like that, why they're saying that. And by the way, in their cases, from the perspective of rich people, for them, that actually may be correct. For the majority of your clients, for the majority of probably not the case, they should probably buy. They should probably buy a home. But please remember that most really smart people who have opposing views have a reason they believe them, and they're not always or usually 100% wrong. They just have different perspectives, and more importantly, they have different priorities. Okay? And one of the greatest things about home ownership, from my perspective, when you look at the consumerism, you know, the consumer world that we live in today, it's built-in savings plan. And I mean this, it is protecting people from themselves. Because if people were left to their own devices, left to their own habits, left to their own, to save on their own for later on retirement, for later on life, for later on whatever it is, the stats just prove out. The reason why the average renter at max has a net worth of $6,000 is because we have bought in to the consumeristic world where it is lifestyle over everything. I'm broke at 50,000, I'm broke at 100,000, I'm broke at 200,000, I'm broke at 250,000, I'm broke at all these different levels because what's more important than actually saving and looking towards the future and trying to create wealth and trying to take that liquid money and turn it into even more is getting that new pair of shoes. What's more important is getting that purse. What's more important? Save up for vacation. What's more important? Everything. But what actually matters from a financial perspective long term? And the beauty of home ownership is that it still protects that.
Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there's a few things that I'd like you to do. Subscribe, share this with someone you know that you think would also benefit from it. Leave a review on the platform that you're listening on. And do me a favor, go over to connectwithjared.com. Connect on all the platforms I'm on, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, all these places. And do me a favor, leave me a message. Let me know what you enjoyed about the episode. And more importantly, let me know what you'd also like to hear about moving forward. 